Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. In today's episode, we're talking about trust. How do we become better trust builders? Can you love someone and not trust them? Can you trust someone in one area and not the other? And if trust is broken, can it be repaired? We'll walk through what trust means in business, church, and family. And as always, we hope to leave you with some practical ways to put this topic into practice. To learn more about us and our ministry, visit us at www.givinglight.org. Without further delay, let's jump right into it. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. So, guys, today, what are we talking about? Well, one of my favorite topics, and that's being a builder of trust. All right. So where does trust come in? I know your favorite topic is justice. So <laughs> can you rank them or is that too too much to ask? Well, I think if we're really justice driven, which is using our power for the good of others, then we will be a builder of trust. Isn't that <laughs> she, right? She will tie justice into any topic. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, well, I uh, thought your favorite topic was uh, your son. Oh, oh, well, oh. yeah, of course, that's there too. <laughs> Or now it's more the grandkids. Yeah, that's true. I always hate like when we're in conversations and then mom's just talking you up and you're like, I can't, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> when she's talking about you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You just don't like that. Yeah. The attention. Well, in talking about you, I can talk about Katie too, because really <laughs> together, we really do have a life exchange which is what this is all about. And I believe the exchange of life that we have is built upon love, but it's also built upon trust, correct? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I trust you guys with my life. I can trust anything you say. Uh, and it's not about us being perfect, but knowing each other's heart and yeah. knowing what each other carries. And it's just such a safe place when there is trust in a relationship. I think one of the ways that we know that is because when we voice our opinions, you listen. <laughs> because a lot of times of leaders, you know, they're like, I am elder leader and, you know, what I say goes and then there's really no dialogue. Mm. Yeah. But I find like with each of us, you know, I think all of us kind of do that, you know, where we voice our opinions. And, and I believe that the things that we say and communicate are really taken in and and received. And I do believe that's because we trust one another. We there because there's two levels of trust or there's two things that really build trust. One is character. And I think that's the most important that we're people of integrity and honesty and 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 purity of heart. But we also have competencies and we trust one another's competencies. Mm -hmm. And so when, you know, I talk to Joel, the reason I listen to Joel is because he knows things I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I don't have shame about that. Yeah. I'm just mm -hmm. so thankful that you're there. I can trust your knowledge. I can trust your skills. And so I listen to that. And same with Katie. Uh, I have no problem going to Katie and asking questions and learning from Katie because you carry what I don't carry. And then you give me that same respect in return yeah. because you, you hear my heart and you know what I'm good at. And so we have an exchange of life yeah. because mm -hmm. we've developed trust. We've built trust with one another in both our competencies and character. Yeah. So yeah. today we're going to talk about building trust or becoming trust builders. 
Yeah. So, so what does that mean? Well, I think, first of all, we have to recognize that there is a, a difference between love and trust. Which I think is a big thing to recognize. It is. And recognizing what builds trust, because either um, I trust you in one area and I don't trust you in another area, so I don't trust you at all. And yeah. and so we have to learn to properly divide. And so when it comes to love, we recognize we are called to love everyone, period. God mm -hmm. loves us unconditionally. Yeah. He, no matter what we do, man, I could go and I could do the most horrible things. I could turn my back on God and he will still love me as much as he loves me today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is that love comes from his character. But God isn't just looking for people to love because he automatically does that because he is love. He is looking for those he can trust. Right. And so when we uh, yield ourselves to the thoughts and the ways of heaven and we walk in the fear of the Lord and we want to honor him with all that we are, then we become sons and daughters that he can entrust. It's like the parable of the talents. Uh, the master gave one one, one, two, and one, five. And so he came back, the one that he could trust to stored what was given to them, guess what? He gave them more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the master was looking for someone he could trust. He already loved them, yeah. but he needed to find those that he was going to partner with. So if we're talking about a life exchange, we are partnering together and we have what we have because we've made a decision to be trust builders. Yeah. I think it's important to point out that not every relationship is the same. Correct. Right? And so the 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 greater degree of commitment or the 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 more intimate the relationship or the more that you partner together, the trust level has to be greater. Correct. And it's true when the more we trust, the deeper our love is mm -hmm. because now it's attached uh, to how you, what you do. Mm -hmm. So I love you because of this and I love you because of that. But that is a deeper love that benefits one another. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful for an exchange of life. But the fact is, as leaders, as believers, we must trust all people. No, I love said that people. wrong. We must love all people, mm -hmm. uh, but we must recognize that we can still love them even if they're untrustworthy. Yeah. But to trust the untrustworthy is not wise. Yeah. So what does that look like? How how do you love someone that you don't necessarily trust? Like what what boundaries do you put up or can you explain that a little bit more? Well, first of all, love comes from our character. Mm -hmm. Trust comes from theirs. Okay. So I love them because that is my choice from the character of Christ that dwells on the inside of me. Mm -hmm. But then I look at you and I reckon there's two levels of trust, once mm -hmm. again, in our competencies and in our character. Mm -hmm. So when I look at you and I see you display continually mm -hmm. being a man of character and of integrity and of wisdom. Mm -hmm. So I trust your character, mm -hmm. but I also see your skills and your abilities and your talents and you following through to completion and you doing what you say you're going to do. It's mm -hmm. about what you're doing. And I trust your your competencies. Mm -hmm. So I can look at you and say, I love you, but I also trust you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 
that is really powerful because I can look at Katie and let's say I look at Katie and I just trust her character so much. You know, she loves God and, and, and she walks in integrity and she's Mm. honest and all those things. But when she has a task to do, she drops the ball. Now, this yeah. is not Katie <laughs> at all because she does follow through to completion and she does way above and beyond the call of duty. And not, so I don't take it personally. You know? <laughs> so but, you can love someone just who they are, who God created them to be, uh, a fun loving person. But you realize if you hand them a task or something that's right. important to you. That's that's where they tr- might drop yeah. the ball. Yeah. And yeah, so good. I can still trust their character, but I might not trust their competencies. Mm-hmm. Well, Joel, you're you lead the worship. Mm-hmm. Would you have me sing a song on Sunday? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> because But when she's there, she sings so loud that she is leading. <laughs> <laughs> and and do you like when I clap? Um no, no, no. I give her evil eyes during uh Like, stop clapping, mom. You're clapping off beat. And so, so he loves me. I know he loves me. Mm-hmm. He trusts me, mm-hmm. my character. Mm-hmm. He trusts my competencies in certain areas, but mm-hmm. he does yeah. not trust my competencies when it comes to singing and rhythm and music, right? So uh, trust is... Car- um, compartmentalized or yes. there's levels of it. Okay. Yes. So you recognize uh, that I can't trust mom in her singing ability, so I won't give her that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I do trust her competencies in this area and this area. So therefore, we can partner together on that, knowing we're going to be able to produce, knowing Mm. we're going to be able to advance together. I know when mom says that she is going to do something, that she is going to get it done. So you trust in the character and the competencies. But you also recognize the things I'm not good at. You don't trust me in those areas. And guess what? I don't want you to trust me in something I'm not good at. Because mm-hmm. then you'd be setting me up for failure and you'd be setting the team up for failure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard too because sometimes you really trust someone's skill, but you're not sure about the character. Correct. So you you gotta have to as as leaders in a church or you have to go, do I give a chance? Do I give an opportunity? Because yes, the skill level is there, but I'm not, because if you can't trust the character, it could not end well. Correct. And so when we're able to separate it, because a lot of times, let's say I can look at Susie Q out there and say, I don't trust her. And we just (laughs) throw out that statement. I don't trust him. No. What don't you trust? Yeah. I Mm. think in my own mind. Mm. Well, I trust their skills, but Mm. I don't trust their character. Mm. Or I don't trust that they're going to partner with a no gossip zone. Mm -hmm. Or I don't trust that they're Mm. not going to function. So you're not going to put them on the intercessory team. Correct. If, you know, they're amazing people, but they have loose lips. Correct. So I'm not going to tell them, uh, you know, some you know that they should pray about this person or pray mm-hmm. about this situation yeah. because we don't want it to go somewhere so yeah. we have to be able to look at someone and be able to recognize i love them no matter what that comes from my character but i've got to look at their character 
Say, mm. can I trust that? I've got to look at their competencies and their skills and say, can I trust that? Yeah. And when I'm able to properly divide that, I can even love and trust you, but know the areas in which I won't trust. Yeah. So would you say that there's a danger on our part if we just, where we don't trust people just as a blanket statement? Correct. We don't not, want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We're because we're making that hurts judgment. You. Yeah, and that hurts you in the long run. Yes, and we're judging people. We're making assumptions. Mm -hmm. Just because they're not good in that area, they're not going to be good in this. Mm -hmm. Just because uh, they didn't follow through with this, maybe they didn't follow through with something because it is not their passion, it's not their skill, it's not mm -hmm. their ability, it's not what God's called them to yeah. do. Yeah. But in another area, they give their 150% because it's who God created them to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we as leaders and we as a team, we have to look at individuals and care enough and love them enough that we look for the things that they could excel in incompetencies. Maybe you've been wanting to do this, Joe, a lot where you've taken someone in the raw and helped them develop their guitar skills or their piano skills or their voice skills, you know, and you've you've poured into their potential. Mm -hmm. They weren't competent in it when they started, mm -hmm. but you were willing to make the investment because you saw that potential. Yeah. Now, if that person did not follow through, you would have loved him anyway. And there were plenty of situations like that yeah. where yeah. I, I would step out and I would help, but they didn't practice. Yeah. When I, so that that investment kind of fizzled out, not yeah. because of my willingness to do it, but because of their willingness to, to give of themselves to it. Yeah. yeah. They were not trustworthy mm -hmm. to pay the price to develop their skills. Yeah. That's not attacking them. It's not saying they They're don't have awesome people. character. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's recognizing in that area, they, they don't follow through. So it is unwise for me to trust them in that area because I am setting them up for failure. And you know what happens when we do that? They know they don't want to be faithful in that area. So now... They start uh, withholding mm -hmm. and pulling back because they know they're not being faithful in that area. Yeah. And they're so afraid that you're going to stop loving them. And mm -hmm. then they withdraw. And now relationships are divided. And nobody really understands where the the divide came or where mm -hmm. the... Um, offense came yeah. or where the little hurt got in there. You know, we don't know because we haven't properly viewed that person from the right perspective. I think one thing that's really important with trust is that we see every person as an individual. Yes. Because yeah. so many times, you know, um, somebody, an artist was in my life and they were this way. And so now I don't trust artists or like, I know you can say, you know, from your past, you didn't trust men as a species right. <laughs> because of the actions of mm -hmm. a few. Yeah. And so we like really compartmentalize and we do this subconsciously, um, which, you know, you could speak into prejudice. We prejudge a group um, compare because of the experience with, with one, but, but with trust it's, we do it. Um, again, subconsciously where, uh, well, I'm not going to do this again. I was burned in this area yeah. by someone who was like this. I'm not going to do this again. And so we just don't trust that type of person where, where when we do that, we could be missing out on 
on everything that that person has to offer because they are not the other person that we had experience with. And so we have to be able to um, see people individually for who they are and, and have take the risk of extending trust for each person and not base it on what somebody else did. And, and for uh, their, I'm sorry, go well, ahead. This podcast is life exchange. Yeah. If you can't open yourself up to trust, you're not going to receive the life and the gold and the beauty that's in people around you if you cannot trust. So, yes. Yeah. So that, so initially ex- extending trust, you do it in a small amount. So sure. you give something that doesn't really matter that much. You know, if I'm having a first, I know you guys have not dated in a while, <laughs> but <laughs> in my first conversation with someone, they're not getting my whole heart. Mm-hmm. They're getting a little piece of information and we're going to see what they do with that. Task wise, if I just met you, I'm not giving you my kid to look after. I'm not giving you, mm-hmm. I don't have kids, but uh, <laughs> hypothetically, I'm not giving you the, the most important task. You know, I'm not going to let you lead worship on a Sunday if I have never heard you sing a note. (laughs) So it has to be that initial extension. Sometimes I think we uh, overshoot and we give somebody based on their potential, but not their experience. Mm -hmm. And then we are hurt. So I think it just has to start out. I'm giving you a little bit. I'm going to see what you do with it. And then we'll go from there. And really to extend trust means I give a person the opportunity to prove they are trustworthy. Yeah. And as they begin to prove that they are trustworthy, then my trust in that area begins to grow. Yeah. And that's powerful because we also have to be willing to build trust. Mm -hmm. So it it is not uh, an accusation to say, you need to prove yourself trustworthy in this area. That mm-hmm. is that is not placing too big of a demand. Joel, you do it with your kids. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. when you do this, mm-hmm. and I can trust you in this area, then I will give you more responsibility. Mm-hmm. Or then I will give you this opportunity. Yeah. When you prove yourself trustworthy, you are challenging them to develop a trustworthy heart so that you can entrust to them more. Mm-hmm. And really, our God is looking for us as leaders Mm-hmm. to prove ourselves trustworthy with those that he loves. Mm-hmm. God so loved the world. He's saying, will you prove to me mm-hmm. that I can trust you and your heart to love yeah. people like I love them? No small task. No small <laughs> task. And that's why there, I think there's so much on in the word of God about loving others. And and as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And all, all those scriptures, because we, God is looking for those and he's showing us, this is how you can prove yourself trustworthy to me. Yeah. And when you are trustworthy there, I can give you so much more, not just in your skills, but in your heart. Yeah. Because he wants us to love like he loves. And I'll tell you, if we can't do that, then he's not, he's not going to open a door that we're going to go in and sabotage and misrepresent his heart. Yeah. So we have to be builders of trust. So I have to be willing, Katie, I've known you since you were 18 months old, right? And so uh, we've had, how old are you? 30? 
31. 31. Thanks, thanks for putting that so out there. So for about 30 years, you're 31 and a half. And so for 30 years, I've had the opportunity to prove to you yeah. my character, my love for you, my willingness to invest into you, my willingness to take time for you. And you were one that even when you were little, I wanted to invest into you. My heart was yeah. connected to you. And so you think about that. I I proved myself trustworthy. So as you began to get older, you trusted your heart to me because yeah. I proved myself trustworthy. Yeah. Not because, well, you should just trust me because yeah. I'm... Yeah, I think pastor. that's where we get yeah. it wrong because I think sometimes we think, well, if we're a culture that trusts one another, there's less communication. <laughs> I would mm. say because we trust one another, there's actually more intense communication yeah. because yes. we are free and we know that we're loved. So there's love and trust. But the more trust that you have, the more that mm -hmm. you can be free in your communication. So yeah. I think in a culture where there's there's not communication, I would say that's a, a culture that's lacking in trust. Most definitely. And I was even going to say, sometimes, especially when we really trust someone's character, mm -hmm. and then we extend trust in an area of competency, and they aren't great at it. Mm -hmm. I think um, that can be, that's an opportunity for that communication, for that confrontation, because um, if you, if they don't do a great job or something, they just drop the ball or, or whatever, uh, and you just don't address it mm -hmm. to me, that's not building trust with that person. Mm -hmm. Building trust would be saying, Hey, I love you. I love your heart. I, I know you have the heart, um, to invest and to, to do all these things, but mm -hmm. we got to work through this one area of competency. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's a stretch for me because if I love a person, I'm like, oh, bless their heart. I just won't ever address this with them <laughs> because I don't want to. Which is self-protective, right? It is. Yeah. It's, it's fear. So so I admit to that. Um, but Well, we all do it. So it's not yeah, pointing yeah. fingers or anything. <laughs> yeah. So, But like you were saying, it does require even more um, conversation and communication because if I really love you and I really want to build trust in this area, mm -hmm. then we're going to talk about the things that don't go great as well as the things that, you know, go really well. Well, and trust is built over the long haul. You don't build trust in a week. Yeah. You don't build trust in a month. Yeah. You know, now you can recognize that person. Wow, they've really proven themselves trustworthy these last two months. Yeah. But we've got to recognize that trust is built over the long haul. And so we are so quick to uh, abandon people yeah. or to assume someone's just going to walk away from us if we mess up one time. No, we get to prove our trust over the long haul. Yeah. Because just picture a bank. You go to the bank, you make deposits in your bank account, but you also make withdrawals. Yeah. And so when it comes to trust, we want to be making deposit, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. So there's millions... Yeah. of deposits mm -hmm. of trust. And so that makes another person feel so secure with us. But what happens if I drop the ball one time? Yeah. Okay, well, I have millions of trust points. <laughs> I drop the ball one. Okay, I might lose a thousand trust points, mm -hmm. but you still trust me. But if I start making more withdrawals than I'm making deposits, mm -hmm. 
Then we've got a little bit of a challenge on our hands because um, I I think we've seen, because we lead a church, we lead Mm -hmm. an organization, that maybe somebody has proven themselves trustworthy in competencies and Mm -hmm. faithfulness over a long haul. And then we start to see them make withdrawal after withdrawal after withdrawal after withdrawal. That's letting us know something is going on in their life. Either uh, they are hurting, either they're sick. I mean, there's something that has caused them to begin to become untrustworthy. Yeah. And so that that is giving us like little red flags to say what is happening with the relationship. Yeah. And that's an opportunity for communication. That's right. And the truth is, you know, things change. Yes. Yeah. And um, allowing people to, you know, I think if someone has given or uh, deposited a, a lot of trust, you know, there is that that leeway that you can kind yeah. of extend in that grace period. And then eventually there's going to have to be a, a real conversation uh, so that there can be understanding. Understanding is a huge part of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to even just apply this in in a family situation or yeah. uh, just relationally because, uh, okay, for instance, we can recognize, like, I handle the finances. And that was back in the day I've always handled our finances in the mm-hmm. family. Uh, but that was back in the day that women don't do those things. Men have to be the one to control the money and, and that patriarchal oh society and all that kind of stuff. And uh, But the fact is, I am good at handling the money. Yeah. I mean, I ran some companies, you know, and yeah. so I know how to handle the money. Stephen hates doing the finances. Mm-hmm. It's not his greatest uh, skill set. And so guess what? We in our relationship, he trusts me to do that and do that well. And he doesn't micromanage me, doesn't make me prove this and prove that because he trusts me because we've been married almost 45 years. So in 45 years, I've been handling it. I've handled it well. He knows I handle it well. He doesn't even think about it. Yeah. Mm hmm. You know, and you say, well, you have to sit and do, if you're married, you have to sit and do the finances together. Well, if you want to, you can do that. If that works for you, do it. Mm -hmm. But we didn't do that in ours because he is bored silly to sit there with me and do it with me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and so I think we have to look in, uh, in relational settings, where are people skilled at? And you give them the responsibility in the areas that they have the competencies. Yeah. And then you allow them to prove themselves over the long haul that they will follow through and do a good job on that. So now you're trusting their heart, you're trusting their competencies, you're trusting their character. Yeah. And now what you have in a marriage situation, if I can trust all that with them, guess what? My love for them now is deeper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it builds and it increases. So we're talking about being builders of trust or trust builders. Uh, So the one is invest into trust or making deposits in the quote unquote trust bank. Are there other ways that you can build trust? Well, we can look and see when it comes to competencies, 
the expertise in the competencies. Mm -hmm. Because you might have someone, let's go back to the worship team. Mm -hmm. You might have someone, they play the guitar. Mm -hmm. But then you can have someone that plays the guitar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Correct. So you recognize, you recognize they both carry a competency, but one has made greater investments into Mm -hmm. it. You look at someone, you know, they, they understand some biblical principles and, Mm -hmm. and they're growing in God, but we recognize that they might not carry the competency to be a teacher Mm -hmm. or to educate others or to, uh, to to coach others in certain things because they might not carry certain understandings. So the more we know people, the more we're invested into them, the more they're invested into us, we can begin to mine the gold that they carry mm-hmm. and not try to assume because they're great in one area, they're automatically going to be great in another area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we don't want to set people up for failure. And that's where I also have to know there's areas in my competencies mm-hmm. that I don't trust. Mm-hmm. You know, when I had to start my YouTube channel, man, I was calling on you guys all the time. <laughs> I mean, Google was my best friend because there wasn't anything inside of me that trusted my ability to make videos. Yeah. But now after a couple years... I know I'm not great. I know a videographer would do a much better job. I could mm-hmm. never get a job as a videographer, mm-hmm. but I'm able to hold my own for my own personal YouTube channel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we have to recognize in our own life, have you ever heard someone tooting their horn? They can sell themselves yeah. so good, <laughs> yeah, but they don't follow through. Yeah. yeah. And they they weren't as good as they said they were. Yeah. You know, they're great salesmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so no matter how good some... You, did you ever hear of professional interviewers? Yeah. Or in fe, a professional interviewees. interviewees. Yeah. They are like a master at going to the job interview. Mm-hmm. But once they get hired for the job, the the one who hired them wishes they would not have hired them. So let me ask you a question there. Let's, let's take this into like corporate world. Mm-hmm. If... You are hiring. Now, typically your resume, it's based off of your competencies, your skills, your experience. Mm -hmm. But what's going to make a good employee a lot of times has to do with those character elements. Correct. So if you are just starting out or a professional relationship with someone and that hiring process is competency driven, are there things that you can do before you commit to kind of test the character? Yeah, I, I would ask very much about what is their passion what is their purpose in life? What are their goals? Um, what I love, I personally love helping people to discover their purpose. Because if you put a person in, they may be very competent, but they have no passion yeah. for the organization. So mm-hmm. th- the fact is, here we are, a church, we have our code of conduct. I need to make mm-hmm. sure that our values and our mission and our code of conduct is woven into someone's purpose and passion because yeah. they could come in and they have an amazing skill, but if they don't carry our heart, yeah, they will sabotage mm-hmm. the very thing that we've hired them to do. Yeah. 
And already uh, in, in like my YouTube, I've already hired some people to do some things, but I recognized I think I'd rather do it myself. Even though they're better in the competency world of it, mm-hmm. they weren't portraying my heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I discovered it would be better to have a little less competency and a whole lot more heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, that's where you have got something so powerful when the heart of the person is there, the passion of the person is there, the character, the integrity, the motives, the honesty, they're being faithful. Yeah. All those things are there, plus they have the competencies. Yeah. So I would never hire somebody where I was not secure that the heart was not connected to my heart. Yeah. 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 I was just thinking that through, you know, is there a scale when it comes to skill and, and character? Because, um, you know, even if somebody is super, super skilled at what they do and they come in and they wreak havoc on your Correct. Um, office, your workspace, your teamwork, all of those things, it could be much more detrimental. But on the other hand, Somebody could be <laughs> so solid in their character and they just don't have the chops for it. Mm-hmm. And so then it's just deciding, you know, is it worth the investment of of seeing is their potential in this area worth pouring into in their competencies? Well, when you're talking uh, the corporate world, you must have both. Yeah. You, you can't assume that their competencies are going to increase. You can't assume that because they're hanging around us that their character will, uh, you know, line up more with heaven. Yeah. Uh, we, you just can't assume that. Uh, you, you, if you do that, it, it will, it'll come back to haunt you. So you, you must have it in both to the best of your abilities, because that's why I go into the corporate world. And my whole goal in the corporate world isn't the hard skills. It yeah. is the soft skills. And usually what sabotages someone in the workplace is they don't have the soft skills. Yeah. They come in with skills, but they don't know how to treat one another. They might show up for work late all the time. They they don't give their level best because there's no passion associated with yeah. that. So, you know, in fact, if you go to a lot of people, they'll say, if it is a skill that can be taught them, I'd rather have character and a little less skill and I'll make investments into the skill. Yeah. Uh, because if they have the character to give their 100%, the skill will be developed. But um, every organization, you know, if you're in the IT world, I do a lot of work in the IT uh, corporate world, which I know nothing about IT. (laughs) I just do the soft skills. You have to have a person, however, that has major skills if they're going to be in the IT world. So you got to have the competencies. So I come in and try to help develop the soft skills, yeah, because that'll make the most of their hard skills, yeah. But in in a, a church world, in a ministry world, in a relational world, um, the fact is, I do believe because people come into church one way, and we give our lives, yeah, to help them be more and more conformed to the image of Christ. Yeah, you know, I won't give them a job teaching. I won't. I won't even put them in our nursery, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know, because they are going to be modeling something and, um, I, but I will work with them, uh, 
and to help them grow in character. But I won't give them even, you know, I might let them help pull weeds. We can have a lot of weeds, you know, but if they're going to be investing into people, I want to make sure that they're, they're at least modeling a level of the character of Christ. Uh, but one thing I've seen through the years, a visitor walks in, Hey, give them a job right away. That'll keep them in the church. Right. (laughs) And so they start putting people into roles and responsibilities that their character can't hold mm-hmm. and their competencies don't hold. Yeah. yeah. And and I th- and then you have to go deal with that and then you're afraid to deal with them because you don't want them to leave the church because the reason you <laughs> gave it to them is to get them into the church and and I just think in the church world we if your god is numbers. Yeah. You are sabotaging uh people's potential to grow and mature because you're handling them and storting them unjustly because you're not giving them the opportunity to prove trust in their character and trust in their competencies. So then in that, so speaking in terms of a local church, so we love everybody that comes into in in the doors, right? So I guess then the best thing to do is to to begin to extend trust in those small amounts yes. out of love. Yes. We're not trying to get something from them. It's not about um, it's, it's, it's more about love than it is pulling from them to get our needs met or to get something Correct. that we need. Well, you're also giving them an opportunity yeah. for ownership. Yes. You know, and I think that's really important in a yeah. local church. Yeah. And, but it's in areas where they can grow. It's in areas where they can mature. It's going to be areas that it makes a difference in their life. Like you said, we're not just doing it to get something from them to meet our need. We're giving them opportunity to allow them to grow. Yeah. And that's a part of our stewardship of pastoring people. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean you you sit in the back and don't do anything. It just means we look at that person, but we also look at them to discover what they carry because we don't know what their competencies are. Yeah. We don't know what their passion is. We don't know what their purpose is. We don't know what their desire is, their dreams are. You know, we don't know any of those things. So those things help us get to know that individual so we can mine the gold that's on the inside of them. Yeah. And I think on the it's it's important to mention the flip side as leaders there are things that we can do to build trust. So I know just mm-hmm. semi recently um Pastor Steve had I, I don't even know what it was but um he had said or done something and and he went to that church member and apologized to them mm-hmm. and it was just such a big deal that he would do that because you know how often does a leader admit that they messed up cuz mm-hmm. listen I am not a perfect person. Um, I don't think, no, none of us are. So -hmm. you could have the highest position of leadership and you're still going to get it wrong sometimes. And so I think just that humility, walking in humility, learning from one another, you know, being, being able to apologize if we need to and, and communicate um, that, listen, we're all people, we're doing this together. We're doing our best. We're always looking to improve. But I think those things are really important as leaders to build trust. Well, and in that situation, that person ran to me <laughs> and said, Melody, you know, pastor just asked me to forgive him. You know, <laughs> nobody has ever done that before. And they were like so excited and so thrilled. And what I said to them was, do you realize when we work through conflict, 
trust increases. Yeah. There's going to be conflict. We will sometimes drop the ball. Every human being will. But I think it's important that we learn to know how to repair trust when we've dropped the ball. And what my husband did in that situation was the first thing he did when he broke trust. And Mm -hmm. he felt like, you know, hey, guys, when we do something wrong, we know we've done it. You know, we, Mm -hmm. we feel it right away. Immediately, we take personal responsibility Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we emit it immediately. We acknowledge it to ourselves and to others immediately. That was, oh, forgive me. That was really stupid. I should have never said that. No, oh, I take that back. Forgive me. I had a bad attitude when I said that. I heard it in my voice. You know, I'm sorry. And um, like to do it right away, it had no opportunity. It's just like if you you throw uh, a weed seed. And yeah. you immediately pluck it up. Yeah, it, it will never root. have any opportunity to grow yeah. because we immediately acknowledge it. And the moment we acknowledge it, then we have dismantled its power to destroy trust. Yeah. So we have to take personal responsibility. We cannot become defensive because a lot of times it's like, I don't want to admit I've done it wrong. So I get defensive and I blame somebody else. Mm -hmm. Well, I wouldn't have said that if you wouldn't have said this, you know, or well, if they would have treated me better, I wouldn't have said those things or done those things. And so we're we're real good at shifting the blame and excusing ourselves for us making a withdrawal. Yeah. Like we can't give ourselves an excuse for doing the wrong thing. Yeah. I don't care what anybody else does. I'm responsible before God. And if I respond wrongly, I need to acknowledge it. So we have to take personal responsibility. Because have you ever heard the phrase, do we want to be right or do we want to have a relationship? Yeah. And just acknowledging when we've dropped the ball and when we've broken trust, I'll tell you, just to acknowledge it makes somebody trust me more than ever. Yeah, definitely. that that humility that you talked about, really being vulnerable is really character, isn't it? Yeah. It it's it's acknowledging that we don't have it all together. Uh that builds trust. Yeah. Because we are human beings, isn't that right? Yeah. And then I think this is a really, really big thing. If we brought damage, we have to do our best to bring repair to that, meaning uh, bring recompense. So I could go up to you and say, oh, Katie, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I did that. I shouldn't have done that. But when I hurt you, I was like, please forgive me. What can I do to make that right? Yeah. See, it's not just saying sorry. It is really being willing to pay the price. Yeah to make it good. Yeah. So, you know, if what happens, going back to the bank account, if we bounce a check, guess what? You pay back more than the amount of that check, right? You pay for a bounce check. So you are making recompense for your withdrawal. And if we would think about that, because we're really to be lovers, right? Yeah. If I really love you, it's not about protecting me. It's about protecting your heart. And I really did something stupid. So Katie, please forgive me. And is there anything I can do to make this right? Yeah. 
And I, I think we need to go to the extra mile because I can say, forgive me, but there always needs to be a level of recompense. And somebody might say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you'd want to do that. No, you don't have to do anything. But if there's something we can do, we really do need to go the extra mile to make it right. Yeah. I know that we talked a lot about um, building trust in a sense of task-related things or even competency. Um, How would you say for someone that, like, experienced a lot of hurt, experienced a lot of pain, and they're not even feel like they're able to trust? So Good question. H- how do you how do you build trust with someone that hasn't really experienced a healthy relationship? Yeah. You know, what what would you say about that? Well, what happens is I can speak from experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I didn't yeah. uh because of the things that happened to me when I was young as a child and with abuse and you know, sexual molestation. Mm-hmm. And I was a man hater here. I married, I got married and really mm-hmm. didn't trust him, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. bless his heart. He, uh, he, I mean, no matter what he did, I really couldn't trust the, he, trust him because he was a man. And the first thing I said to him after we got married was, oh my gosh, I didn't say, oh, wasn't that beautiful? Oh, I love you. No, mm-hmm. it was like, oh my gosh, you have the power to, to make me totally miserable. Yeah. <laughs> and see what happens when we've experienced so many things that cause us not to be able to trust. We have also experienced that we feel we are powerless. So we have to live a life protecting ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I now have relegated power to everyone's ability to hurt me, harm me, abuse me, violate me, treat me like other people treated me. You kind of brought about earlier, it's like I don't want to judge somebody based upon my experience with someone else. Yeah. And um, or group people together. And so when someone, and we have people come to church like that, we have to be willing to prove it over the long haul. Yeah. And recognize that they're just not at a place of healing enough to trust me. So it's like, my goodness, I've proven to you over and over and over. When are you going to start trusting me? We got to mm-hmm. recognize there there has to be some inner healing. There has to be some revelation. There mm-hmm. has to be some clarity of, the, uh, of their identity, of their purpose, and a lot of investment into them and helping them walk through the processes in their life so that they have the ability to trust. Well, and I would say if you are that person and you have been so hurt that you don't think that it's even possible to trust, I think um, it's important just to say trust is vulnerable and it is a risk. Um, But if you want to make that step, make a small step, make a step in an area where you think that you are a little stronger, that you are a little, uh, you're, you're more ready to do it in that area. And then start looking around at the people in your life, uh, start really calculating, okay, who is a person who has proven to me that they can handle, you know, this risk and 
Um, you don't know how it's going to go, to be honest. You just don't. Um, it is a risk. But start looking at those ones and saying, okay, I'm going to make this step with this person and give them a little bit. Don't. It doesn't have to be all of it. Just take one little step at a time. Don't set yourself up for more than you're ready to handle, but take that little risk. Um, you know, tell them one little thing that you're struggling with or, or even just have a conversation. To be honest, sometimes trust is so broken. We don't even know how to just <laughs> speak to someone just to have a conversation about a surface mm -hmm. level thing. And so just make those little steps of just reaching out to someone and, you know, just talking very casually and see how that goes. And then as that goes, that's building trust. Just that conversation has built trust. Yeah. And then just make one step after another, after another, and you will begin to see how um, it is possible um, to build trust again. And so there is, there's hope for you for sure to do that. So for those that are like, I don't know if I, I want to make this big step of trusting people, what would you guys say is like the benefit of having relationships that you truly trust? Oh, it's huge. Because when you truly trust someone, you can be completely transparent, mm -hmm. completely vulnerable. You you are you're so teachable. You're you're there's such going back to our title, you know, there's such exchange of life. And so there's such fulfillment in relationship because I don't have to be guarded. I don't have to have up those walls around my heart. And I lived with that. And one thing I was talking about my relationship with my husband, the things that began to turn things around for me was the one I knew I could trust was my God. Yeah. So I would run to him and uh, I put my trust in him and I would listen for his unction and his voice and I'd, I'd respond to that. And so he began to even reveal to me, Melody, you can't, I'd have dreams. And he'd say, okay, you had that dream because of this. It has nothing to do with Stephen. Yeah. And so I would take those, just like you said, it was so good, Katie, take those little steps. And that's what, that's what I did with my husband. Yeah. And you know what was so amazing? He was so trustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know. It was worth it. it. Yes. He, it was he, worth the risk. Yeah. Yes, it sure was. And and I, I would have dreams of him abusing me and yelling and screaming at me and, you know, beating me, trying to drown me. I'd want to, he would try to drown me. <laughs> and, uh, and I'd get up in the morning and, you know, I'd be really distant and he would say, what's the matter? And I said, I had a dream. He goes, okay, I'll give you space. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just by him giving right. me space. That was building trust. That was building trust because he took time to understand, okay, Melody, you're a little messed up. Yeah. He didn't say that to me, but you're like, you're really messed up here. And so I'm going to give you some space. And he would do that. And then afterwards, he would say, well, what was your dream? Yeah. And I go, it is so stupid. Stephen, you have never done that. You've always been gentle. You've never treated me this way. Yeah. And he's always been my cheerleader. He was like the exact opposite of what were my beliefs were. Yeah. And um, so over time, I did begin to trust him. Now, I didn't trust others, <laughs> you know. And in the church world, there was a lot of 
reasons I didn't trust others because they were very attacking and judgmental because I was a woman and, yeah. you know, the whole religious thing. And, um, but guess what? There were individuals who began to come in who celebrated me. Yeah. And so I began to learn who loved me unconditionally and who did not. Yeah. So I trusted the ones who did love me and the other ones, I just chose to unconditionally love them, but not trust them. Yeah. And through the years, all those left and man, we started building <laughs> a different culture because we're really surrounded by people who, who I believe I can trust, Yeah, but it's on different levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some is where I'm I'm giving a lot and others is there's really an exchange. Yeah. But I think what what you said Katie was so good just doing those little things and uh because all those things really step by step year after year began to bring healing to where yeah. I could uh just really kick that thing out for good. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good and and I would just say, you know, um, the Bible says it's not good for us to be alone. Right. And I know sometimes uh, we, we just find ourselves in that place where we just really feel alone. It just doesn't feel um, like there's anyone there to support you. Um, but the reality is God created us for that relationship. And so yeah. there, that is your design. Your design is to be in connection with other people. And God doesn't say that that's your design and then uh, and then it hurts you. You know, he actually has a design and a purpose for your life to be in connection, to be in relationships that you can trust and be yourself and be free uh, in the good, the bad and the ugly. So if you're in a place where you just think that that's not possible for you, or maybe you think that you've messed it up or you've just put yourself out there too many times and it just it it's crushed you. Um, just know that there is hope um, for you in this. And so um, I know it's a scary thing to take those mm -hmm. steps, take those risks. Um, but but even as as you were sharing, um, Doctor Melody, is uh, you had to do this with your own husband. Mm -hmm. And so as you did one person at a time, now yeah. um, you're you've experienced healing. And um, and so I would just say that for anybody listening, is that th this is um, there is a hope and a future for you where you can be in beautiful relationships and have this exchange of life um, to where it's just such a benefit uh, for your life. And when you're in that place, you're free to be you and you're going to start impacting the world around you um, just because you're able to, to, to be free. And there really are a lot of trustworthy people out yeah. there. There's a lot of people who love God with all of their heart and walk in the character of Christ and give their very, very best. Yeah. And so I think that they're there to find. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the lies that we have to confront is believing that we're better off doing it ourselves. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. The, the, I was just going to say that scripture that says that it's uh, not good for man to be alone. It's, mm -hmm. It actually says, woe to him who falls and has no one to, to pick him up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what were you saying there? Yeah, we got to really confront that lie. I th I think we can also spiritualize that lie and say it was just me and Jesus yeah. kind of yeah. thing. But if you read the New Testament, God places high value on the body of Christ. Yes. And how are we going to actually... Uh, grow and mature in love on our own. Yeah, God puts us in a body that, yes, has imperfect people, but that's part of his plan. Yeah. yeah. And so I would say, you know, we're commanded to 
uh, guard our hearts. But if we have people in our life that we trust, it's not only me guarding my heart, right. but it's those around us yeah. Yeah, that yeah. are also protecting the heart as well. Yeah. So I would just encourage every single person, if even if you experience some intense things or or uh, betrayals of trust, don't give up. Don't don't throw in the towel. The risk is really yeah. worth the reward yeah. if if you allow it. And and for you, mom, it took a lot of years. Yeah. A lot of years for that to happen, but it it was definitely worth the the journey of it. It sure was. Yeah. Hey, and you lived with me in those first. You were, yeah. I, I mean, and you know, everyone had to be perfect. It was just so. Uh, and one of the first things I did, as you know, healing really uh, began to blossom on the inside of me, and the freedom came. The first thing I did was I went to my kids, and I said, "Please forgive me." You know, I was living in shame and I was doing this and I demanded, oh my gosh, I demanded that you be perfect and I expected way too much yeah. from you. Please forgive me. And and uh, I remember my daughter, Rebecca, said, all right, mom, already, I forgive you, I forgive you. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, but there is so much, there's so much power in asking for forgiveness and forgiving and being a grace giver. Yeah. And uh, trust is built when we make this commitment that we will work through everything together. Yeah. We're going to have challenges. We're going to have difficulties. You know, we might have a bad day. Who knows what goes on and where we react rather than respond. Uh, we are led by our emotions rather than wisdom, you know, all those type of things. But when we're quick to ask for forgiveness, when we're quick to make it right, then actually it doesn't destroy trust. It builds it. One thing, I know we're kind of going long here, but um, with that, I just kind of want to give another side to that is if, um, if you, if you have gone to someone and you've, you've apologized, you've made it right on your end and they are no longer willing um, to build trust or um, they are not proving themselves trustworthy. Mm -hmm. um, there is a real, a real liberty that comes with yes. recognizing that there are certain relationships. Now I know I just told you to take the risk and trust, uh, but there are certain relationships where the trust has been violated so many times um, that it would be foolish for you to yes. continue mm. um, to expect someone to do something that they are not at a place to do. And so that's yeah. when, for me, there's a lot of liberty that comes when I can just say, I can love this person, but I am not going to put this expectation of trust yeah. on them when they are not ready. And it's not about, it's not just about protecting me. It's, it's the most loving thing for me to do for them is to not put sure. something on their plate that they can't hold right now. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, we, we do our level best. Um, I know there's a, a lot that we talked about today, uh, with love and trust. Um, uh, but hopefully you, you got some nuggets in here and, um, well, they might be thinking, well, you didn't touch this one aspect. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a pretty broad, yes, yeah. broad Definitely. thing. So, I mean, thank you guys for listening all the way to the end. Yeah. You, you get, uh, gold stars, our gold stars <laughs> from a life exchange. So is there any last things that you guys want to say before we close it out? I want you to recognize that you are worth every ounce of investment. Yeah. That you hold a treasure inside of you 
that the world needs and you practice becoming trustworthy in all that you hold and you're going to be able to make an investment into the world for good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Until next time, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.